Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Can't wait to talk to our first guest. Uh, he is the director of a new film that's coming out, as I said, today here in Southern California at the Music Hall 3. The film is called Little Boxes. It's the summer before sixth grade, and Clark is the new biracial kid in a very white town discovering that to be cool, he needs to act more black. He fumbles to meet expectations. Meanwhile, his urban intellectual parents, Mac and Gina, try to adjust to small-town living. And that is uh, that's what uh, Little Boxes is about to start with, but it's about a lot more than that. And we are fortunate to have with us today the director of Little Boxes, and that would be Rob Meyer. Rob, welcome to Film School. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. I hope that wasn't too convoluted. Did I get most of that correct? Any you nailed it. Yeah, okay. totally. It's a, it's a hard film to try to sum up in a, <laughs> in a short soundbite, uh, which is why it's fun to talk about. Uh, and, yeah, it, it deals with a lot of issues. Yeah. Uh, it's a story of a family, first and foremost, and how they fare with a lot of pressure put on them, you know, being thrown out of their normal situation. And then it's, it's really a lot comes down to making assumptions and expectations and the sort of blind spots we all have when thinking about, you know, others, you know, other groups would be at other people of different races or different, you know, backgrounds or living different parts of the country. And yeah. we, we hope it's an equal opportunity kind of, Finger pointing, or, or or gentle teasing, I should say. Hopefully, not finger pointing, uh, to sort of have a, a healthy conversation about you know America in a way. It, it definitely is a very American indie film. Yeah, and I'm glad you used the word gentle because it is. It's a, it's a, and and so much of the it's not a forced film, I, which I really appreciate about it. It, it it feels like a film that that the situations are very relatable. The things that happen, especially when you're moving to an to a new home anyway but also kind of the circumstances this it's a it's a more dramatic change uh than than maybe usual for people moving from one place to another and so but but the the situation comes out of the characters and you're getting to know the characters in the situation and it doesn't feel forced and it feels it it's just a it's a i like this kind of a film a lot thank you yeah, yeah. well i'm a well first of all it's based on the writer's life which is probably why it feels quite personal mm-hmm. annie howell mm-hmm. um you know, her family looks like the family in the film, and okay. they had to move, or they got to move from New York to a you know small college town for her work. And so it was written a little uh, about the anxiety of what her, what this would mean for her kids, um, and and what it would mean for their family, and whether she could sort of put herself in their situation or her husband's situation. Um, but yeah, in terms of the approach, you know, it, it was a, it was a beautiful, natural, gentle script with certainly a bit of satire. Um, and it's you know at times their perception of the town is a little heightened to give you the sense of the anticipation and the fear. But you know my favorite filmmakers make you know humanistic films. Tom McCarthy, yeah. Alexander Payne. Uh, you know those those are always my favorite films where I, I really believe that in the situations and the characters. I'm not thinking about the filmmaking too much, uh, and it just sort of unfolds. And to me, that's where you can you can really hit a lot of emotional notes. And hopefully get into some more nuance than than you can in, in a strict genre film. Though clearly there's a lot to be 
end of this as well. Right. When you, as a filmmaker, when you're approaching, you're working with someone else's material, Annie Howell, you said, uh, her, her story. When you're approaching a, this kind of a project, this well, let's say this film in particular, what are you, what are you sort of, is there one area you're more focused on? Are you more focused on kind of the nuances of the dialogue? Are you, or, or is the setting, is it the actors? Uh, it, it, I know it's it's all one, you know, eventually one big giant piece of the, of the, it's a, but I, I mean, is, is there something that you're particularly, your antenna are particularly up about when you're trying to put together a film that is, is understated in so many ways, and what do you think you have to get? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting question. Uh, I'd say it depends on the on the phase of production we're in. We had a couple of years of development for this film in order to get the acting and the financing all kind of lined up. Yeah. So at that point, I'm re- I really worked with her on the script uh, in a macro setting. You know, will this work? Will this work as a film? Is it going to feel satisfying enough? It, what it is, it borders on. Being a slice of life film, which is what, in my opinion, you generally, it's danger territory in terms <laughs> of satisfying storytelling. Yeah. Um, so, is there enough story there? Are the character, which really comes down to, do the characters go through a big enough arc? Uh, is there enough stakes? There's enough drama to really deliver something satisfying. And so we, you know, and, and that was all really there in the script. But since we had a few years to work on it, you know, we we tried stuff and we tried you know changing stuff. And we made little incremental changes that I think did help in the end to make sure it worked as a story because the you know, story in my opinion is always king and, and, the, and the success of a film is really the script you know so I have to if, if you think this film is a success which I hope you do uh, really most of the credit has to go to Annie uh, for writing a script because anyone out there trying to make films you know, that's yeah. way harder it's the hardest part of the process and then once we get the cast and the green lighting it comes down to me casting and locations and you know what I'm focused on for a couple months leading up to production, making sure we have the right people, the right characters, the right actors with the right qualities, and we have settings that can really help tell the story and work up a good prophetic fallacy to sort of heighten, yeah. you know, what's going on internally with the characters. And, you know, the locations, are, I also work with the cinematographer to make sure that we that they're shootable and that we have ideas of how to block the scenes of them. So it gets more and more specific as you get closer to your production, and then by the time you're shooting the thing, you know, it, it almost doesn't feel, it can feel very technical and stressful, and you're just, like, trying to get your shots off and trying to make sure that there's, you know, you're dealing with problems, and it's it's a very fun but, you know, stressful environment on set. But in a way, it can be the least creative time because you're under so much pressure. Hopefully, you, you know, and we did have the the good fortune of having some moments where we could really enjoy letting scenes unfold, but really you have to hope that most of that's been thought of ahead of time because I'm an indie film, 20 days to shoot. Um, anyone who's listening who's, who's a filmmaker or is, yeah. you know, a film student knows that yeah. it's uh, it's not the most <laughs> you know creative, uh, thoughtful environment on a set when the, the, the clock's ticking. No, that is, that is, that's a fast-paced uh, yeah. situation. And I mean, you you kind of I mean, in some ways, it's it's good that you had you had more than two locations, but you had New York, and then it was, is this Washington State? Did I get that right? Where yeah, so you're right. Yeah, it's set in Washington State, but we shot the whole thing in and around New York City, yeah. so the suburbs or the small town. Any any would distinguish it as less suburbs because it's not it's not really supposed to be right outside Seattle. It's about two hour drive outside Seattle. This okay. fictional town, right? So it's more like a small college town that has its own little ecosystem and culture. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm from New England, so I know a lot of these little liberal arts schools up in, like, Maine or New Hampshire or Vermont. I think it's a little more similar to that than where I grew up, which is, you know, Newton, which is a suburb of Boston. Um, but, yeah, it's so, but we did shoot it all in New York, and uh, yeah, that is something that I always hope that we that I don't have to do. Uh, in this case, it was just there wasn't any way we were going to be able to shoot the film in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always it's always a, a great advantage to shoot in the location that your story takes place because you can point anywhere. You, you, know, you mm-hmm. can respond to your environment, and things can happen that you can capture. Uh, opportunities present themselves. When you're shooting in the wrong location, you have to make sure not to shoot a lot of things that would not be appropriate for uh, you know, where you're shooting for Right. Those are, you know, for people who freak out in movies and they, they look for license plates on cars and things like yeah, that to, yeah. as giveaways. We I, got I, most of them right. I mean, but, yeah, yeah. Know, I can't no. tell you how many times we had to stop and wait for 15 minutes because we noticed, oh, shoot, that one car <laughs> filled New York plates, and then we get to find the, you know, find the props guy and run it over. And, you know, 15 minutes might not sound like a lot, but no, when that, you've only got, you know, yeah. 30 left in your day, <laughs> you're suddenly, yeah. you know, wondering, can we just, can we just, fuzz that out or will anyone really know or you know I, and, we, and we did end up having to change a couple plates in post which these days uh, is a lot cheaper and easier than it was five years ago i was yeah and and i'm i by the way i didn't see anything i wasn't like I, I never but i know people will do that they'll look they'll look for a street sign that's you know that is it says you know something on it that isn't a, that isn't uh the, you know whatever people are weird that way um, yeah well it's just different types i guess but i you know I, if, if that's the worst mistake if that's the only problem with the film i'll be pretty yeah. like, well, as, as i say on my on the shoot well if people are writing into IMDb in the bloopers yeah, section, yeah. you know, of catching continuity errors, I'll be really excited that people are watching the film that carefully and, <laughs> you know, watching, really getting out there to watch the film and care enough about the post on IMDb. So yeah, I'm go. hoping I'll find a few. If you're, if you're listening and you see the film, please yeah. uh, rate it well on IMDb and then point out any continuity errors, and, and then, I will smile. And then bring it, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, good. Excellent. Uh, and the, uh, uh, there again, I want to just sort of reinforce the notion... That uh, casting is so important, and I I know that uh, um, casting people don't normally get a lot of uh, love, but a- is Avi Kaufman worked with you? A- on- Avi, yes, Avi, yeah. Avi Kaufman, yeah. Worked Avi, with you. Uh, she's a New York-based casting director, and I was lucky enough to uh, I don't know trick her into casting my first film, which was called A Birder's Guide to Everything. Mm-hmm. She has uh, young teenagers at the time; she had young teenagers of her own, and. Uh, she connected to my first script because it was about teenage, young teenagers. Um, and so we have become friends. And, uh, you know, that's a really lucky break as a director to befriend a casting director as amazing and prestigious and connected as A.V. So A.V. definitely brings a sheen of this is an important project. This is worth looking at, you know, yeah. to all of the covering agents at the big agencies and definitely helps get you your big stars, which you need, you know, for an indie film, you know, it, 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 unless you're funding it entirely yourself, you, you're probably going to need some fairly big names to to get the kind of financing you need to make even the small indie films. So we were so lucky to get uh, Melanie Linsky and Nelson Ellis. You are both both very beloved uh, actors, and that uh, you know definitely was a career highlight when they signed on for me. Um, and then I'd say Avi's role, even even, I mean, that's. You know, attaching your big actors is sort of a strange part of development where you don't audition them, you just kind of write nice letters and you ask people you know who might know them to put in a good word. 
So it's a little different than your t- traditional casting. And then, uh, then AV and her team really goes into overdrive to cast 20 other roles in the film, all of which are incredibly important, down to the smallest. You know, one, uh, if, you can't, if you can't find someone to deliver that one line, the mold removal guy botches the mold removal line, you know, that whole scene doesn't work and your whole film doesn't work. So every role, you know, it's cliche, but every role's completely vital. And so AV uh, got us a lot of great actors and, and some really, like, big-name actors for some of our smaller roles, which is Christine yeah. Taylor, uh, Janine Garofalo, and some of the others. You know, we were really, uh, you know, punching our bubble weight in terms of the scale of our film for some of the actors. And I think that's because of AV and also because of... Uh, uh, Melanie uh, and Nelson, you know, these are actors that people want to work with. Yeah, by the but yeah, and you exactly what I why I was bringing you. You anticipated where I was going with that because it's the Janine Garofalo's, it's those kind of people, it, not only casting them correctly, getting them in the film, uh, but also they're, they're they're playing off our our, our leads, uh, their ability to kind of it really fleshes out a film in ways that may not in to someone from the outside may not be a big deal. But really can make can really separate a film from 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 another one. In it, it, it knows, knows, I mean, yeah. acting is reacting. Uh, you know, a lot of the time right. you need someone across from you that is a partner and is is really able to kind of engage you and push you and and make these scenes come to life. And if you don't, you know, if you don't have that person, even if they're just standing off camera and, and kind of re, you know. Acting against you, it's so it's you know all the all the great performances have had great supporting actors. Yeah, um, and I don't think it's possible to to give a great performance in a vacuum. Yeah, um, so yeah, we were really lucky to get those guys, and and you know it's also just from a, when the film gets out there, the other these are all faces that people like seeing in the preview. They're like, oh, I'll check that movie out. So there's there's a degree of oh, it's good for you know the film in terms of getting it. To a broader audience as well, right? The more people you recognize in a trailer, that you, yeah, it just makes sense that you're going <laughs> oh, to be it's a real movie. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> movie, um, and it's nice to see Janine Garofalo. I haven't seen her in a while. It's good to see her in a film. I just she's I great. Yeah, she's she's chugging along, and, and I think really excited about taking all. I've seen. Uh, I just saw the same. Our producer just cast her in something, or he didn't, but his director cast her in another film. You know, I think she has a lot of range, and and uh, same with Christine Taylor. I mean, that was. Uh, to me, one of the highlights of the film, because uh, yeah. I I mainly knew her from her comedic roles and and some of the, my favorite comedic films that she's in. Um, so to see her really dig sink her teeth into a dramatic role uh, and really carry a scene, one of the most important scenes of the film. You know, I, again, she, she was someone that we couldn't like audition in person. We just you know hoped that she liked the film, and and I I knew she had the talent, and you know, Av loved her. Um, so it was a really exciting moment when she when she delivered the, one of the more climactic scenes of the film. That was a real highlight. And by the way, and this is this is totally kind of being weird about the the casting. And I don't want to go too far down this road anymore. But the, the woman that from uh, v, uh, Vienna, Vienna Fox, Vienna, Vienna yes, Cox, big Broadway star, big Broadway star. But what, what people will know her from Seinfeld, right? Yeah, they might. Well, yeah, there's definitely her and and Nadja. Also, Nadja had a role on that Sex in the City uh, um, as the girl who, who made the face at Carrie Bradshaw's character. Um, so yeah, they're they're definitely. I mean, that's what's amazing about living in New York is there's all these great actors, both from the stage and television and films, who are you know around. And if it if it works to their schedules and uh, it looks like a fun project, you can 
you can. Well, I mean, LA, yeah. LA has some actors too. I hear, but <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, you, you, other than, outside LA, it's hard to get this kind of cast put together on this kind of. But you know, it's all you know, low budget SAG kind of rate. So they're doing it for the love, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we don't. We didn't even have like the fancy trailers or anything like that. So everyone kind of was in it for the the passion. But that's why you know people get into this, and and, it, and, yeah. uh, and I try to make it a really rewarding and fun experience for everyone. Well, I um, and I'm certainly, I've certainly felt great for all, all the cast. I felt oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I just when I saw her, I just reminded of she has this wonderful face. I, I just what some people have yeah. that kind of a kind of a way about uh, the camera loves them kind of look. And I just wanted Absolutely. to point her out, and I just think that and she, and she just she's just such, she has such a strange take on everything. I, yes. It wasn't in any way what I imagined for that role. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you got to just throw out yeah. what you preconceive for it and say, oh, my God, that, this is much better. Um, same in a way is true of Una Lawrence, uh, actually. He plays the lead girl in the film. Mm-hmm. Una is a, actually one of the most seasoned <laughs> actors in the not most, for the child actors. You know, she was in um, Pete's Dragon, and she was in Southpaw, and she got a Tony for Matilda. Um, but she's always generally plays, a, you know, somewhat bookish, smart, sensitive a sweet girl, not a not a kind of mean girl, which is what she plays in this. And uh, right. that was another completely that's not help. That's she's not exactly physically what I imagined it for that role. And Avi sort of you know convinced me wisely that you know she's such a great actress and it's such an you know you don't usually see you know she's a smaller girl yeah. kind of bullying the other <laughs> the other right. kids. Right, uh, it made it much more interesting to watch. And Armani Jackson is quite good in this film. He really, yeah, Armani has been great, and he's. He's been the witch hunter, and he's he was in this crazy horror film about kindergartners that I'm now blanking on the name of, but if you IMDb him, he's been in a lot. And, uh, yeah, he, like, I I, I, I was, had the pleasure of working with um, Cody Smith-McPhee, and uh, on my first film, he was the sort of introverted, charismatic lead of that, and then originally a, a short film I made with Jeremy Allen White is now on Shameless, but they all, as kids, they all had the quality having a lot going on beneath the surface, having a face that drew you in and made you wonder what they're thinking and, and yeah. not being particularly, uh, you know, Hollywood show kids. You know, they, they definitely had a quiet charisma as opposed to sort of an extroverted personality. And for, for whatever reason, that's the kind of characters I'm drawn for for kind of coming-of-age yeah. films. It's, we're speaking with Rob Meyer, the director of the film Little Boxes. It's opening here today in Los Angeles at the Music Hall 3 and. um Technically, they say Los Angeles, but it's Beverly Hills. It's where it is. Sorry, they, I mean it, it is, uh, and it's a that's a terrific theater. Go see uh, any film, and this one in particular. Again, uh, Rob, I just I, these are the kind of movies that they kind of sneak up on you, and there's there's no explosions. There's we don't see any weaponry of any kind. We don't. There's no car chases. It's just a it's a really nice film. Uh, uh, Thank and, you. Yeah, and it's. And it is again. It's funny at times, and it's also you know the. But under you know the undercurrent of all, all along is this idea of you know not only fish out of water, but there's a there's a racial, a genteel racial undertone to the film that you're that you handle beautifully. I just think the whole everything about this movie has just such a. A, a loving touch, if that's if that. Thank sounds you. Like, so. Oh, great. Yeah, uh, well, we yeah. we worked really <laughs> all the all indie films. Yeah, you know, it's so much work and passion and heart 
and sensitivity go into them. So I'm glad that that came through for you. And uh, for anyone thinking of going tonight to the to see in the theater before the 855 show or right at the 855 show, we actually have two special guests, Chris Bauer and uh, uh, Charlize Antoinette, who are costume designer and composer. Oh. Uh, are going to be there introducing the film, and both are incredibly talented young uh, department heads. And uh, and Chris is, uh, if you're into jazz music, he's become a pretty big name in the world of jazz at the age of 26 or 5 or however annoyingly young he is for how talented he is. Uh, but he will be there, uh, you know, answering questions or at least introducing the film. So that's an added bonus. Well, outstanding. Well, uh Boy, um, good luck on this film and uh, and all your future projects. Uh, onward and upward, Rob Meyer. Uh, and thank you so much for for you know finding time to be here today on Film School. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you as well. Terrific. The film again is Little Boxes. The director is Rob Meyer. Again, the uh, it'll be screening to this week at the uh, Lemley uh, Music Hall Three. And and other places around the country. Are you, are we calling you in New York or where are you? Yeah, I'm in New York, and it is. It's playing in New York. Uh, anyone's listening to it streaming at the uh, uh, Cinema Village East on on Second Ave, uh, and I'll be there with with Carrie Fukunaga, who's the executive producer, and Christine Taylor and Annie Powell. We'll be doing Q and A's tonight and tomorrow night in New York. And then it's also I, I hate to even say this, but if you don't make it to the theater. You're in luck because you can rent it starting today on iTunes, Amazon, and all the other kind of streaming services out there. Outstanding. Um, that's the, the easier way to get to it. Outstanding. Well, say if say hello to Melanie for for me because uh, I mean my my heart skips a beat when I when I see her anywhere, and she's especially good in this film. So she's amazing. She's she's an Australian American treasure. <laughs> she truly is one of the great. I think in many ways uh, under uh, appreciated uh, actors out there today. So thank, I, I completely agree. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.